My name is Jason Samard, and I am the founder of Sims Coaching Systems. I'm here with my co-founder, Joe Moretti, and we're here on the Seven Figure Real Estate Podcast, the podcast you didn't know you even needed. Everyone, get your notepads out. Let's go. We're going to bring you value week over week, and we're actually going to be a lot of fun, and we hope to make you laugh out loud. Subscribe to our channel. Check the content out. If you're looking to take this to a whole nother level, we got you covered. All right, guys, episode five, the Joe Schmo Show. I just make that up Back every time. at it again. It's the seven-figure podcast that you didn't know that you needed, but you should tune in and, and pay attention. Joe, I'm ready. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm kind of coming. I think I'm coming down with something. I've been down and out for the last couple of days. Never phoned it in sick. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to give it to everybody else, but I'm showing up. You know what? Sharing is caring. Uh, Joe, you're looking California, feeling Minnesota. I always say that, man. In the in the immortal words of uh, the warrior poet, Chris Cornell, looking California, feeling Minnesota. There you go. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, good, man. We, uh, You and I had a little bit of a debate this week. It was quite interesting. Yeah. You know, we talked about like, you know, mistakes people make as a kid, you know, some people did things like steal or whatever and like i'm pretty i'm pretty strict on that like for me theft is just like something that i really struggle with for me it's just uh, i don't know i've stolen one thing in my life i was five years old it was a little uh green snake at this like museum and i should just check the statute of limitations on this really quickly yeah well yeah i probably should talk to my lawyer before i tell the story but i was five and i took this snake and i still feel guilty about that to this day to be honest Mm. with you and uh, I know, you know, you're a little more relaxed and giving people a pass on that. But I just, for me, your personal brand starts at an early age. Mm-hmm. And it leads to a story that you actually can relate to when you were new to a high school. And I actually think it's important for people to pay attention to this. Because we have, we have sons that are in high school right mm-hmm. now. And you have your daughter there too. And we're kind of talking about how do we guide them. I'm not a big believer in the school system. Unless you're going to school to be a doctor, a lawyer, you have some very clear purpose Go learn, learn how to read, learn how to write, do some basic math, you know, learn skills. Yeah. But you got to go there and learn, learn how to manage people. I think it's Mm -hmm. your networks, right? How, how do you lead with networks? Are you friends with the the nerdy guy in in class? Cause that guy could become very useful later on, right? Mm -hmm. How did you make people feel is really, really critical. And I think it'll pay off later in life. And I don't think that people realize the impact that they have in mm-hmm. the words that they use and the actions that they take and, and the impact they have on people years later. So I know you have a story from high school, and, and I'd love to hear it, Joe, because I think it um, really ties into the theme of what we're talking about today, which is your personal brand. You know, and, and it's it's so funny. Like, we come in here, and uh, this, we're on episode five, episode five. Five. And we usually come in, there's like a funny story and things like that. But I think this is the first time I've actually, like, I've got something that's like, it. this is legit. This is serious. So I moved to a new town when I was uh, 13. Moved from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, hour and a half up island to Nanaimo. Uh, I moved the night before school started. I moved with my dad. My mom stayed in Victoria until the house sold. So my dad and I lived on my aunt and uncle's couch in a, a basement. And um, again, I couldn't spell Nanaimo, let alone I had no idea what school I was going to. You want to talk about the definition of anxiety or like fish out of water. So um, came to Nanaimo on like a Monday night. It was Labor Day weekend. School started Tuesday at like you know, 8 a.m. And like, you know when you go and you go for like a half day sort of thing? So my dad pulls, pulls up to the, the school and he gives me a quarter to call him on the payphone when school's done. I said, oh, Dad, where, where do I go? He goes, I, I don't know. And I'm like, well, 
Where, where's the pay phones when I'm done? He's like, go figure it out. Okay. Right. So I've got like, you know, some paper and a pen in my hand, walk out, walk towards the office. And I see these giant sheets of paper in the auditorium, <clears throat> excuse me. And I find my name and I find my, my homeroom and up we go. And it, you know, homerooms are all alphabetical. Right? Sure. Yeah. So I go up there and uh, I sit down and just like shaking. I'm so nervous. Teacher comes in and she says, you know, anybody who's new, put up your hand, right? So I put my hand up and she goes, okay, well, I'm going to assign you like a, a buddy. He's going to make sure you know where like the washrooms are, help you with your locker. And I was like, yes, thank you. Because I like to think I'm fairly adaptable. Like I can be friends with anybody. And so this, uh, this young guy, same age as me, in grade, grade nine, walks me down to my locker and he had a Metallica shirt on. And it was, uh, and um, I don't know how, how familiar you are with Metallica album artwork. It was the Injustice for All cover. Okay. Yeah. Where it's got the lady holding the scales. <clears throat> and I hate Metallica. I think I just dropped a major bomb. I hate Metallica. Yeah, Joe passionately hates I, Metallica. I, I'm, just, I'm just not like a... I, and this story might have something to do with that. We'll see. It might. And so we're walking down and I'm like, I've got about 30 seconds from when we leave the classroom to the locker that I need to get some rapport, trust, some empathy. Like I've got no time to waste. So I said, hey, um, you know, hey man, love your Metallica shirt. Are you a Metallica fan? Because he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I love Metallica. I said, hey, you know what? So do I. I love Metallica. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Shows me where my locker is. It helps me open it up and shows me the washrooms are. We go back. Day one ends. Day two starts. Go back for your first full day. So I'm like bumbling around the school trying to, you know, find where I'm trying to go. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? But at least I have one friend. I got to have a class with this guy at some point. I have got one friend. Lunchtime hits. I grab my lunch and it was a sandwich that my dad had made me. And I've got my sandwich in my hand and I've got, um, you know, a dollar for a, like a Diet Coke or something. Walk into the, um, the lunchroom and it was a giant cafeteria and I'd never seen a giant cafeteria before. And so I was looking around because I don't know where to go, what to do. And I see him with a bunch of other dudes. So I walk over and I sit down and he looks at me, he goes, what's up? And I went, oh, you know what? Nothing, man. You know, what a day. He's like, oh, I think there could, like, there could be a bit of a problem here. And I said, well, what's up? He's like, no, no, we're, we're not friends. The teacher just made me do that. So if you want to just leave, like that's, that's cool. And I went, you know, totally understand. So I grabbed my sandwich. I grabbed my, my, my loony, got my diet Coke and I walked out of the school. And at that point I didn't know where I was walking. I didn't know where I was going. I just walked. And that sense, that dark cloud over my head I, I can't explain it. So I walked um, past the tennis courts of the school, up this hill, over these stairs, and I found a, a vacant curb, and I ate my sandwich on the curb, and I, I started crying. And I sat there thinking, like, in my old middle school in Victoria, like, I, I ran that school. Like, I was that popular kid, and I'm thinking, what have I done? What's the disconnect? And I ate my sandwich in that spot, in the rain, in the sun, in the wind, in the snow, by myself outside for three months until I could find one friend. Now, here's where the story takes a bit of a twist, is that flash forward you know, 25 years later, and um, I was working in finance. I had a brand new Jeep. I had a Wrangler, beautiful black Wrangler, like a Sahara. It was lifted with blacked out rims. It was maybe six months old. 
still had a whole bunch of suits that I used to wear from back when I worked at a, at a car dealership. So I was wearing a four thousand uh, dollar Strelson blacked out Strelson like David Beckham model because back then David Beckham modeled for Strelson. The David Beckham model Strelson suit. I remember pulling and getting gas one day by my house. And my card wouldn't work in the gas the gas pump. So I'm sitting there getting frustrated in this $4,000 suit in a $75,000 vehicle. And I go walking in, put my card down, and I look up. And it's that guy. And he looks at me. And he goes, you know, Joe, you look like you're doing real well. How are you, man? And in that moment, two things could have happened. Number one, because I felt that rage, like that rage. I had carried that with me for 25 years, that hurt. And the rage inside me, I ended up suppressing it. And I just said, you know, um, I'm not going to say his name, but you know, uh, really great to see you. How are you doing? And he looked at me and he was like, well, you know, it's just, it, it's been tough. Mm. It's been tough since high school. And I said, you know, I'm really sad to hear that. And I said, how do you like working here? And he's like, well, you know, I, I don't really like it. It's not what I want to do. Never figured my shit out. And I said, I'll tell you what. So I gave him one of my cards, circled the number. I said, if you want to get into finance, I want you to call me. I'm going to help you. And in my moment, the, I don't want to say, I don't know if it was a, a revenge play because what I've hired him, who knows. But in my mind, it was the help, the guidance, the assistance, that friendly voice that he never gave me. And for 25 years, I carried that scar. It was, I would say, one of the darkest moments of my life. And I think it just goes to show you, you never know. So it's funny we're talking about brand because I carried his brand without him even knowing it for 25 years. It's funny. I always tell my my, my kids, I say, look, <clears throat> you can lift people up or you can pull them down. Mm -hmm. I said... I want you to remember that every single person that you lift up is going to walk away feeling like, hey, that's a good guy. Mm -hmm. And they'll remember that for a long time. But if you're that person that pulls them down, makes them feel like worse, like, like that guy made you feel like, like you were a nobody, you had mm -hmm. no, nothing, they'll never forget that. And that will affect you later on in your life. And it goes back to this. If you're stealing or you don't pay back your debts that people owe you, you don't do those little things. It builds your brand. And we all know somebody who has borrowed money from them or friends and never paid them back. And I'm, I'm still waiting for that 20 from producer Ryan. <laughs> you know, we all know that we all know those people yeah. and their brand is tarnished, right? It like, is. would you trust them? Would you do business with them? Absolutely not. And one of the things that's helped me a lot in business, Joe, is the fact that in high school, I really, like, I wasn't the most popular guy. I wasn't the nerdiest guy. I kind of, like, floated in the middle. I was always an old soul in high school. You know, I got along with a lot of people, but um, I had a handful of close friends. Mm -hmm. But I always tried to make everybody feel good that I came in contact with, yeah. right? I never wanted to be that, like, that guy that people are like, oh, that guy's a motherfucker, you know? And it's crazy because when I got into real estate and I started doing my stuff and putting my, my content out there, I've had so many people that I wasn't friends with in high school, but remember me as like at least a solid dude mm -hmm. that would reach out to me and I've done business with them. And that sort of compounded into my whole go-giver philosophy. When I started Sims Real Estate Group, um, I read the book, The Go-Giver, and it totally resonated with my values, right? It was always about 
give more in value than you'll ever receive in payment, mm -hmm. right? Look to lift people up, right? Help. And I've helped so many people from the side of my desk. And this is even before we started a coaching company and any of that. And I would just genuinely like help people. And I didn't ask for anything. I genuinely just wanted to see people do really, really well. And what I can tell you, Joe, is that has compounded to a point where in my 30s, I have financial independence and freedom. And it's because all I ever think about is how can I help you? How can I lift you up? Mm -hmm. And I never lose sight of that. And like, so it's crazy, but like your personal brand matters. The little things that you are like, oh, I'm going to try and get this little win over this person, or I'm going to cheat that person. It's never worth it. Play the long game. Remember that your brand and who you are and how people feel about you is more important than anything. And you have no idea how the small gesture can affect somebody positively or negatively. But, <clears throat> but if you're listening to this right now and you're wondering, how can I get more business? Start looking to help more mm -hmm. people and give more value to people. Become like a concierge in people's life if you need to, right? Look for those moments where you can make somebody feel like, wow, like that Joe guy, he's really incredible. Like what a nice guy. Right. Yep. And and do it without expecting anything in return. Just genuinely give. Come and, from a place of love. And it's so funny that you bring that up. You know, don't expect anything in return. I think that that's a big piece or else it, or, or else it's sales. Mm -hmm. Right. I think as soon as you expect like a trade off, that's you're now a salesperson. You're not a trusted advisor. You're not a go giver. And I think there's a big difference between a salesperson and again, an advisor or a go giver. And a lot of people, a lot of new agents we talk to say, well, you know, I've got some amazing sales experience. To me, that's almost a red flag. I'd almost have somebody who's got like almost no experience because I can train that, but they've got a great personality. They're a go-giver. They're driven. They're focused. They lift people up and they provide examples of that. I would take somebody on our team with that versus, well, I sold 200 houses last year. Yeah. Because to me, there's a huge difference there. And it's funny when we talk about, you know, don't expect anything in return because... I think inadvertently, you know, giving and being a go-giver is the most selfish thing you can do. Do you know why that is? Why is that? Because you know how you're going to feel after. It truly is the most selfish thing you can do to be a go-giver because you do it knowing the feeling you get walking away. It's an odd, somebody mentioned that to me a while back and I was like, that doesn't even make sense, but it truly is. You're doing it because you know how helping somebody else allows you to feel you know how it allows you to elevate your personal brand. Mm. So I think that that's really important to understand too. And I'll tell you, people who do put those pieces out to the universe, it comes back. I'm a, I don't know. I'm always torn. Like, do I believe in karma or fate? I don't know. I just think in general, if you're a good person, good shit's going to happen. And I look at like your story, for example. I look at all the people that, you know, when you and I first started this company, you had said, you know, Joe, I've been talking to a lot of people, just helping them off the side of my desk. I'm actually a product of that. If you hadn't have helped somebody off the side of your desk, there's a chance I wouldn't even be here. Mm. So I think it's really important to understand, right? You know, it, it's, it's not going to pay dividends today, tomorrow, next year, 10 years down the line. But it's all about, in some spiritual, cosmic sense, it does pay out in the long run. And it's your brand, man. I think you're hard-pressed to find a lot of people that go, oh, that Jason Samard, he's a son of a bitch. I'm sure they're out there. You know what? Listen, if you become successful at anything, I promise you, you're yep. going to have haters. But haters, they're, it's their own insecurity that they're projecting onto you. So mm -hmm. understand that when people are hating on you, that is them 
just projecting how they feel inside. And don't take Jealousy. any of that. Yeah, don't take any of that with a grain of salt. Do not allow somebody else's voice to be louder than your own. Mm-hmm. Believe in yourself. Believe in your values. Surround yourself with the right people. If I've done anything right in my adult life, guys, I've surrounded myself with amazing people that I would genuinely take a bullet for. People that I'd go to war with, right? People that believe in me and I believe in them. And it's that simple. But here's the thing too. So once you have the right environment around you, what you then need to understand that it success is a journey. If you don't enjoy the, the journey of building anything, you're not going to magically find happiness when you hit a certain financial result, whether it's like, oh, I was trying to do a million dollars this year, or I'm trying to be a millionaire, whatever. That is so empty if the journey along the way mm-hmm. wasn't enjoyable. You have to enjoy the grind. You have to enjoy the ups, the downs, the uncertainty that comes with anything, but that's what makes it sweeter, right? Embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. Right. And just understand that like my success that I've had, there was 14, 15 years to, of building up to that point where that could even be possible that people don't know about, right? It wasn't overnight. So remember when you're on social media and you're looking at what people's highlight reels are, because that's really what they are, that's just, that's like you seeing the end result of years mm-hmm. of consistency, discipline, and hard work. So take it easy on yourselves. I mean, I, listen, there's a guy, shout out to John Sai. If you listen to his story, he, the guy's super successful, very, very wealthy, right? Uh, done very well in real estate. And you listen to his story, I think he did like two home sales in his very first year in real estate. Two. But he just kept persisting and working and staying proactive. And, you know, year two, his sales went up a little bit. And, but he never gave up. 15 years later, the guy's a multimillionaire doing phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back to you know uh, somebody close to me, Dean Philpot. He didn't make a single sale in his first eight months as a realtor. Eight months where he made no money. And he went on to be one of the most successful realtors in Yukon where he was from, and, and the rest was history. The guy's, again, done incredibly well and multimillionaire now. Um, these are just small examples of people that I know who have just weathered adversity and just didn't give up. Be patient. Understand that like success will take the time that it takes. Not everybody's going to have a meteoric rise. And the ones that do, I guarantee you there's a foundation that was laid over a long period of time. And And I think another thing to keep in mind is nothing will take the wind out of your sails or make you feel more defeated than comparing yourself to somebody else. Mm. Comparison is known to like suck the joy out of any accomplishment. It really is, you know, sort of looking, well, yeah, I, I did 61 sales last year. Man, the guy did 63. You know, yes, have that competitive fire, but also appreciate your own journey. Look at your own struggles and just, again, surround yourself with great people. Yeah. Everybody's scorecard's different. They are. Listen, here's an, an item of value that I want to end today on, Okay. This is a common mistake that many of you are making. And so I'm going to go through an exercise with you guys right now on how you can fix this. It's the how's the market question. Joe, I want you to ask me how the market is. And I'm going to show you guys exactly. And get your notepads out. If you're listening right now, get your notepad out. Come back to this one and listen to it. Because this right here will add six figures as a real estate agent to your bottom line in 2023. If you just learn how to master this. Ask me how the market is, Joe. How's the market, Jay? You know what, Joe? That's a great question. There's a lot of complexity and moving parts to the market. What part are you most curious about? I think about buying, actually. 
Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, can I ask, what is it about your circumstances that have changed that have sort of prompted you to explore that idea? Um, you know, we saved up enough for a, a down payment over the last couple of years, and even with interest rates going up, I think that house prices have kind of come down more than interest rates have gone up. So my purchasing power is still there, and I don't want to pay rent anymore, man. All right, cool. That's exciting. Um, you mentioned somebody else involved in the decision. What was your partner's name? Ryan. Ryan. Okay, great. And how does Ryan feel about this potential move in the future? It's just pillow talk right now. So just pillow talk. Yeah. Yeah. Does he, has he given you any opinion at all? No, no, no. He's he's very passive. So. He's very passive. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's just let's just play this out. Say you were to make a move in the future, what type of home would you envision yourself and Ryan living in? Um, you know, we definitely don't need anything bigger than a two bedroom. Uh, I work from home. Um, Ryan currently is unemployed, so it's just basically my income carrying us. But yeah, I would just say two bedroom, uh, two bath. I'm looking for a condo or a townhouse. I'm not quite there on a single family detached as of yet. Okay. We'll pause the role play. Mm -hmm. You see the difference there though? Did I make any recommendation? Did I... Did I become a teacher and just bore you to death with all my knowledge? Not at all. No, I, I focused on you and understanding your circumstances. And so this is the, the big mistake that many of you are making. Somebody asks you how the market is. Oh, the market, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with interest rates going up, it's a great time to buy right now. And you start giving lots of knowledge and information. And here's the truth. Nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. There you go. If I don't know exactly what your goals are, what your achievements that you're looking to ha- to have out of this whole potential transaction in the future is, I haven't earned the right to start recommending anything to you. Literally, if I if you are having a conversation with a prospect and you don't know what they're looking for, why they'd be looking in the first place, who'd be involved, like the who, what, where, when, why, then you are selling out a sequence and the reality of this is you're not going to get the success that you want from your business because you're selling. Nobody wants to be sold. Mm-hmm. People would like to have solutions tailored based on their needs. Understand that. So I'll break it quickly back down, okay? So I started with acknowledging you, Joe, that's a great question. There's a lot of complexity and moving parts to the market, building authority, right? Showing like, hey, listen, this, this sounds like it's something that requires a professional and advisor, what part of the market are you most curious about? I use soft language there, right? That language invites you to slowly open up. I didn't say, well, are you looking to buy or sell? Because that's very committal and you're not at that point yet. I don't even know that that would be the case. I'm trying to get you to open up. So your language and the words that you use matter. So practice, how's the market? Now, Joe, try and take me off my game a little bit with how's the market and try and veer me down the path of getting you to or getting me to tell you all about the market. So basically where I'm dumping on you and being a teacher and just telling you all my knowledge. So instead of saying that you're thinking about buying, maybe say, well, I'm just curious about the market itself. Well, I'm just curious about the market itself. You know what, Joe? Um, I'd love to talk about the market in more detail with you. But before I do that, do you mind if I just ask you a few more questions? Sure. Because there's so much complexity and moving parts to the market, what part do you think would be more in line with what your future real estate goals might be. Yeah, like I said, I mean, don't really know what I want to do. Just kind of curious what the market is an overview. Okay. So um, there's not something in your current circumstance right now that maybe isn't quite working for you that might have you exploring this in the future? Um, Not so much, no. No? Okay. There's a terrible question that I just asked right there. Very focused, very closed-ended. And now I'm like, oh God, I don't have this guy opening up anymore. The plane's going into the, the, plane's the mountain. The plane's going to the south mountain. And, and so here's the deal. 
This is why you practice, right? I practice these scenarios. So I'm going to get this back on track. Well, Joe, obviously there's a lot of complexity to the market like we discussed. Um, right now, there's some incredible opportunities that have presented themselves. These are the types of opportunities that can be once in a lifetime for most people. And I'm curious for yourself, again, thinking about the future, Joe, what do you think would be the most relevant opportunity that, that you could see yourself being involved with with real estate? Um, probably looking at an investment property. An investment property. Okay, cool. And what would be your experience that you've had in the past with investment properties? Had two or three, never held one for more than two years, just kind of maxed them out and then popped the equity and ended up flipping it. Okay, awesome. And and currently, do you hold any other um, investment properties? No, not currently. Okay, so you're thinking about maybe getting back in. And what would you say your main objective is from the investment property? Um, you know, again, just they're, they're going to be longer term holds, I think, this time around. Okay, so something that's going to cash flow, provide yep. income in your account, cover its expenses, has long term appreciation that. that you might be able to leverage. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then what types of areas are you open to when it comes to investing? Um, yeah, I'd like to be around the university district, I think. Okay. Just looking at how much rent goes for down there. So, okay, cool. There you go. So there's a few tips guys on how you can handle the how's the market question. And even somebody like myself, who I would say I'm a black belt at this stuff. Um, I can get caught off guard every once in a while where I realize I didn't ask a great question. I can self-identify that quickly on the spot, get myself back on track. Um, but yeah, if this is helpful, make sure you guys subscribe, comment below. If there's some objections that you're facing that you'd love for us to handle on an upcoming podcast, love to hear them. Reach out to us as well. If you are looking to elevate your game in real estate, in business, um, this is what we do every day. Like This is our passion. We love doing this and we've helped a lot of people build healthy six and seven figure empires and we'd love to do the same thing for you. So Joe, as always, a pleasure. Always. All right, let's go. See you.